Welcome everyone to Queer Drunk Squad. We have an exciting episode with you here today on sponsorship. And my name is Kai and I'm alcoholic. And I'm here with... Tim, alcoholic. (laughs) And we also have a special guest here um, along this proud lineage of sponsorship. Uh, Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, Blake, alcoholic. Hey, hey, Blake. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for coming on to talk about this awesome topic uh, yeah. this evening. I'm like looking outside. It's rainy, as usual in Vancouver. Um, but yeah, we're, we're so glad you're here to talk about this topic. And we just wanted to kind of hear a little bit about your story, Blake, first, before we jump into the topic of sponsorship. So do you want to share a little bit about your journey uh, before and now during sobriety yes so again my name is Blake and I'm an alcoholic and uh, I, <laughs> use the, I use the pronouns he him um, right now uh, you know it's it's May 2020 and I'm about seven months uh, sober Fuck yeah. Way uh, <laughs> to go. Mm-hmm. But I, I have been in uh, Vancouver recovery since 2011. That's when I first sobered up. And uh, um, I struggled with addiction, alcoholism from about the age of 18 to 31. That was the 18 was it first started getting noticeably problematic. Um, and 31 was when I first got into recovery and over the last you know uh, nine years there's there's I've had a lot of success with the recovery but there has been a lot of what we call like either slips or full-on relapses mm-hmm. but for the most part they've been relatively small and not as damaging as as before coming into recovery in at 31 mm-hmm. but um, I grew up rural in in small town Ontario um, to professional parents and really no outside issues of why there would be alcoholism or addiction. There was, um, you know, I wasn't, my parents weren't in close contact with their parents, my grandparents, but there was reports that they were possibly alcoholic, but neither of my parents were, uh, there wasn't alcohol in the home and there was definitely no, uh, abuse, uh, in the home, like, like from my parents or caregivers. Um, there was some sexual abuse at like 11, but it was, um, it wasn't like something that I would say precipitated the, the addiction because it wasn't until a lot later at about 18 that it started becoming problematic. (laughs) And, um, it was, it was quite difficult to reach out and, and ask for help or even understand what was going on. Um always thought it was sort of relational to something else. So, you know, tried a lot of the, you know, career moves, education moves, geographical moves, thinking that it was always something outside of myself. And I would, I guess I would consider myself for the most part, like a binge drinker, like, especially in my, you know, after high school, when I went to college, there was a lot of like weekend drinking and stuff like that. So it was hard to to see it as a problem because i was around a lot of other people that would do the same thing um you know looking back on it it was it was that each time i i would start to drink or use drugs i i had no off switch 
Hmm. Um, and then even though there was all these negative consequences right from the age of 18, like I, I would, and I would say, you know, I think I was 22 when I said for the first time, I really have a problem and I can't safely drink or use drugs and I'm quitting. And, and I was able to maybe, I think I quit for about six months that time. Hmm. Um, and, and, but then ended up back into the cycle. And by the time I was 31, my world just had gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. And I was at 31, I was homeless in the downtown East side. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not even from here. You know, I grew up in Ontario. I lived a, a good, almost a decade in Latin American countries in Mexico and South America. And I literally just got stranded in Vancouver and ended up being homeless and, and lost my passport and wasn't able to leave. But that was the, that's what got me into recovery in the first place. Oh, wow. um, well, thank, yeah, thanks, Blake. Thanks for sharing that. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's interesting. Um, I just think of like, especially when you were mentioning how, um, you know, like, at like even 22 kind of realizing that you had like a problem, like I, I really feel, and I think I've even heard like a com like, you know, comic, or something talk about like how um you know like the 20s are kind of a weird time for like mm -hmm. people in general right growing up and then like you know and 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 like i think we're supposed to or like we're kind of led to believe that we're supposed to be like you know ready to like hit the world at 20 right or like ready to like get move out of the house at 18 you know and like st stuff like that but then like still have so much growing up to do mm -hmm. <laughs> and then and also like a lot of things to deal with right and um you know I, and i can also relate to growing up in like ontario as well <laughs> um so what's really uh, a beautiful little meeting today is that blake is my little sponsee mm -hmm. and then um and then kai of course is my sponsor so we have like a uh, few generations here and it's such a it's such a neat little feeling right now just seeing like you know because you know Blake shared with me a lot of like insights through uh, the steps that we've uh, that we've done together uh, through the, the last seven months, anyways, or uh, about six to seven months, right, Blake? We yeah, just yeah, yeah. So um, which is like which is so cool because I've known Blake for a little while too, but we've, we we passed you know we passed each other through like recovery. Yeah, actually, we were at the same recovery house at one point too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So and a few then, points of connection, eh? Yeah, there was, and I think yeah, and and because Blake also works with um, you know um, down as you mentioned downtown East Side, which is like kind of our um, kind of the 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 hub of where a lot of um, you know addiction also recovering recovery happens in mm -hmm. Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, um, and then of course Kai, it's my sponsor, <laughs> who's <hair>. amazing, causes <laughs> hair. And um, so the the topic being sponsorship or like sponsoring and stuff like that. So um, me being um, like for for myself, just knowing that like I've had just about two sponsors, Kai being like um, one, and then of course I started off with uh, a sponsor like just before, just for like the first year, anyways, which mm -hmm. was a, a lovely person that. Um, you know, identified as a, a, a as a woman and also a lesbian, which I felt was like super crucial for my for my recovery, anyways, at that time, right? Because I wanted a little bit of a softer 
softer hand, <laughs> I thought, mm. to, uh, to, you know, working a little bit into the program, but also being like that comfort level of like sharing a lot of my, um, you know, a lot of the past with, you know, somebody I felt comfortable with. And um, I've always been, you know, especially growing up, um, you know, more, um, got along more with like, um, people that identified as women or, you know, and just, um, and, and I think also I had like, you know, mommy issues or something <laughs> where like, you know, just knowing that I had that, like that, 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 that figure in my life. Right. Or had somebody that like that, but, um, you know, and then of course wanted to like kind of break past that. Right. And kind of go through the other, the other option. Well, more, you know, more in that anyways. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, and like you've mentioned that you've had, like you've had a few sponsors, right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting though. Uh, it's, just as you were sharing that, like I, I for, for, with my sexuality growing up in rural Ontario, I was quite closeted. Like I, I didn't realize that I was even attracted to men until I was 21 years old mm-hmm. and, and really struggled through my twenties identifying my sexuality and it wasn't until I first sobered up that through through the help of like the AA recovery and counseling that I was able to come to an understanding of and identify as pansexual. So okay. attracted to the person irrespective of gender and really in a in the, for the first time it, without drugs and alcohol, explore my sexuality with men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before that it was done in a, you know, fueled by alcohol and drugs and I, and a lot of confusion around it. But another thing, I never actually came out to my father and my father passed away at 58. So I never did get the chance to come out to him. And, uh-huh. and looking back on my lineage of sponsorship until meeting you uh, as my current sponsor, I, I really feel like I tried in favor, <laughs> yeah. I, but you know, I, I, there was a lot of daddy issues, you know, and I, and I was always reaching out for older white men as, as my sponsors. Yeah. And so and I ain't no daddy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I really think I was trying to replace my father or working with my daddy issues or whatever. But whenever it would come to the step five part, which is quite an intimate reflection of the history and there's, right. and there's a sexual harm component, mm. it was always extremely awkward to do the, the sex with men part, like mm-hmm. to look at my, um, and, and I'd actually, there's a couple sponsors that I had that even, like I'm sure they were coming from a place of loving kindness, but they, they looked at it like, hey, that wasn't your fault. We kind of do all sorts of crazy things when mm. we're, we're drunk and high. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's also what I'm attracted to. And set. like, some of it is genuine. It is, yeah. you know, and, but they weren't really able to comprehend that. Or mm. maybe it was too awkward for them to hear me talking about, you know, my sexual encounters with, with men. And so mm. it, it, this time, uh, going sobering up when, when I first sobered up, it, it was my intention moving forward that I would go and seek out a queer sponsor. Wow. And hence 
and how it's... Da, 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 da. <laughs> 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 exactly. Enter, like, you know, the, music. the club, just, like, freaking graffiti and, like, glitter you know, people dancing, <laughs> <laughs> riding onto a unicorn <laughs> over a rainbow. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, and, like, so that's, <laughs> that's really interesting, like, kind of the importance of queer sponsorship um, from hmm. the two stories that you've just shared, right? Um, and how that's an integral part of going deeper into our journey of sobriety and even healing those parts of ourselves where, you know, maybe there's confusion or misunderstanding or just kind of reaching to the next level, right? So and then also exploring and finding more to it mm -hmm. too, right? Like, I mean, um, as part of my, even uh, for myself, just um, getting to, um, you know, even finding sponsorship with you, Kai, like, and, I, and I've shared this with you, and I might have even shared this on, on, our, on our podcast in previous, um, but, like, um, when, when I first asked Kai to be my sponsor, I, like, was looking just for, like, a, like, um, like a guy, a man, like a fellow um, male, and at that time I was, you know, identifying as he as well, and, like, somebody to work through more of my, you know, my, like, kind of to, like, get into the queer and the get you know and male the male aspects of my 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 story and my background or my you know and my healing really because mm. i was like really tossing between the like you know and i mean everything as as learning and growing through um and i think that's what one of the gifts is is growing with even um acknowledging some of that and of course as the years have gone by too like discovering a lot more of my own identity with with Kai and of course Kai, at that time too when I asked Kai I didn't know uh, Kai was trans either and like and it didn't even fucking matter and like right, right. and then like I think I shared this in the media a couple of weeks ago on how like that actually like I I, I wouldn't have been able to like I, I think that really I, I think there's a reason for some of this stuff too or like you know uh, as uh, you know our higher power puts people in our lives or or you know or there's a reason for some things right and that, and that helped me be able to identify more with my own identity as well which you know later within this year like you know uh, coming out as uh, non-binary and like and being able to explore the like you know and, and acknowledge the the fluidity of my own my own identity and gender I guess right mm -hmm. and um yeah so i mean it's so and so much like you uh blake just having found somebody else to you know walk this path um and be able to explore like and give more room to exploration through through healing right through some of these other little little these pockets that we sometimes put on the back burner or like we we you know um I'm making this hand motion. I'm trying to think or suppress, you know, some, some of the, <laughs> nobody can see me when I'm actually talking. This is a podcast. We need to, need to describe the video. did you notice the lighting of this place? Like, did you mm, notice the lighting? It's okay, nice I just bought one polish. of these. I bought one Whoa. of these lights. <laughs> oh, ring. Oh. So it's giving me a great, like, <laughs> anyways, that's, um, besides the point. But, um, yeah, no, like, that's, um, yeah, and I, I think it's such a beautiful thing. And um, yeah, and like, hi, uh, what are your sponsorship kind of stories or spons having sponsors? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you've probably gone through a few. Or, like, Thanks, <laughs> just through the mill. I knew one of them. I knew one of them, or I knew two of them at one point, right? And like, really? there's been like movement or, you know, people moving yes. and stuff too, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah, so for me, I uh, started... 
uh, of course, given that I'm trans, I started as a female presenting uh, in my journey of sobriety. And so it's interesting because I, you know, you were talking about sexual orientation being an important uh, part of sponsorship. At that point, I got a lot of direction and there's a lot of direction in AA about genders aligning, right? Mm. So, you know, women with women, men with men. And at that time I was female presenting. And so I was like, okay, uh, let's do this. Uh, and I had a lovely first sponsor who was uh, really instrumental at that time. I was going through a really rough time with relationship matters because uh, I had kind of you know, a series of breaking up and getting together with a girlfriend at the time. And I was very lost, uh, just could not handle life at all on life's term at that moment. Um, so she was really helpful in, in kind of guiding me through that. Uh, it was interesting though, that there was a bit of jealousy with my uh, ex-girlfriend or the girlfriend at the time. And she's like, you've got to fire your sponsor. And I was what? not strong <laughs> enough in myself to say, no, this is an important relationship and I need, this is for my sobriety and this is for me and there's no attraction. But it's interesting, this whole dynamic around uh, when people are same sex attracted or same gender attracted uh, and having a sponsor of the gender that they're attracted to. And mm -hmm. then that can also have weird eddies with partnerships uh, and so forth. So. It, and it can also have potential latent attraction in there. Uh, so while it's very helpful in some regard, it can also be a bit tricky, right? Um, and it requires yeah. a degree of honesty with oneself, which when I was in early sobriety, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't aware enough of myself. Um, regardless, I didn't have that attraction to this person, um, but I also didn't have enough of a backbone to say no. And right. so I actually ended up closing that chapter with that sponsor. And she thought it was crazy, which it was, that I mm -hmm. would be listening more to a partner about that than myself. And it's interesting. I haven't thought about that in years. So this is the first time I'm kind of thinking about that. And I think I met them at one of your cakes, though, right? Uh, your uh, first sponsor? Have, yeah. At, yeah they, um, they had traveled because they're, they're from out of town, right? Nope. Oh, do, uh, do they not? They they don't. They live in Vancouver still. Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe and, it was another mm -hmm. person that you had. Uh, yes, I've had past. three sponsors total in the okay. two years that I've been sober. And oh, I, I was thinking of the yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> lists all the names. <laughs> and this Specific is your story, names. not mine. Why? Um, Excuse <laughs> So then I started with another sponsor, which we hit it off so wonderfully, and we're still connected, even though they, they've moved out of town. And they're near and dear to my heart, and they're like a core part of my recovery um, tribe, if you will. And interestingly enough, that person is as straight as a, whatever is analogous to straight, arrow. Um, so it was a, a straight woman, and that was helpful. Uh, you know, there wasn't the concerns that my partner had at the time. Uh, and then it's interesting because as soon as I came out as trans, uh, as the man that I am, they, uh, that person then moved away. So it was just kind of this natural kind of uh, opening up of possibilities to have other partner, uh, other, not partner, other uh, sponsorship. And that's when I decided to um, get male sponsorship. 
Right. And it was interesting because it, at first it was an important part and like an affirming part of my gender journey. And it was really important to me that I'd be sponsored by a man. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that we have this, you know, men with men, women with women's, which sometimes is an eye roll, but sometimes can be helpful and, and important. Yeah, and I think that's what's, uh, that's really, I mean, you know, breaking back, breaking down some of that. But um, when it comes to, um, you know, because in early recovery, we are so, you know, raw with mm -hmm. like, you know, with a lot of things and coming into the program with a lot of, you know, a backstory, right? So, yeah. I mean, for some, and I think that's one thing I identified when I was mentioning um, picking a woman sponsor was because I didn't want to be attracted to the person or like or yeah. your or like also like for a small part of me it was like I also don't want to I don't want to take one of my options away from dating <laughs> you know like you know <laughs> like oh but I can't okay. I'd be like I find this person very attractive but I guess I can't date them but you know I'm gonna but then give them every little bit of myself right so like you know early recovery it was it was weird right <laughs> okay so how about this question what is the the hallmark of a good sponsor? Oh, I want to hear you first, Blake. <laughs> well, this is this is my sort of understanding because because I, I work in mental health and addictions now as well, right? And and right. one of the things that I learned quite early is that I'm not there to save anyone or, or anything. I I'm there just as as honored to be part of the journey so mm -hmm. i think someone that actively listens and like like hears what you're saying and that's i've had that even with the the straight old men sponsors which is a beautiful thing but but working with, you know working with tim they've helped me really um just by listening to what i'm i'm saying when sometimes i might not even know how to get it out you know i might even be talking in this roundabout way but they're listening close enough to hear what i'm actually saying and then in a relational way uh, they're able to to identify and relate with it and i think that's the the beauty of of this whole recovery thing of one alcoholic working with another is that mm -hmm. there's that that relation because I know for myself, with the addiction, with the sexuality, um, you know, I'm, I'm cis male, so it, it, I haven't really struggled with the gender, but, oh. um, but with those, it was so confusing. So, so to find somebody that identifies and can relate to that was just such a breath of fresh air that I was able to be like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Mm. And, and Tim, they've been really able to help me with, with that too because because what we've currently been working through with the step five there's been you, there's you've been helping me a lot with that just you know we, a lot of similar backgrounds right like just the mm -hmm. rural upbringing the, those difficulties you know navigating that sort of thing and then the current sort of like pendulum swinging of like finding my voice and then wanting to scream from the rooftops you know and mm -hmm. be a real ally and advocate for for rights and then maybe finding more of a middle ground that or, you know that's i know and, and like honestly you have been such a oh my god this is gonna turn into one of these like gushy little like <laughs> yeah, oh my god but, I mean, I, 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 like yeah i'm almost like 
it's really like it's such an honor to work with you for one but i've told you that many times and um and i'm so glad that you're able to be here to tell kai how great i am too <laughs> <laughs> this is the whole reason uh, you know because um and it's so funny because kai can tell you too on like you know how unsure I was about being a sponsor mm. at one point in my recovery because we have gone through the steps so many times and Kai's kind of like well when are you gonna do it like you know and I'm like I don't think I'm ready and like you know and I've had a few um a few little sponsors that I like you know kind of kind of have come and gone um just in their own you know growth or in their own way that or you know just the it just didn't stick I mean uh, as some uh, some of these relationships happen right without without anyone being harmed but um yeah, I know. You've been, it's been so nice. And like, yeah, we do have a lot, um, a lot of similar backgrounds, which makes it really helpful and easy. And, and I've, and I've even shared this with Kai, like, I think what's really awesome. So I, I'll share, like having a sponsee is like the honesty, willingness and openness that you have mm -hmm. through this, this process. And like, that's one thing that I noticed that I had when I came into this program. And I think that really, really kind of you know, once, once you kind of are, you know, in that, like, you, you know, there's, there's so much, there's so much room to like, you know, kind of just be exposed to like the recovery. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you're awesome. You know that. And then as for, um, uh, so what was the question again? <laughs> the hallmark of a good sponsor. <laughs> I mean, not that we need to. Do... I have to say, I have to say that in front of you. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> generally, we don't need to. Do... No, well, I, mean, I know. I want I, like, to brush away. I know, but I mean, like, you know, what's, what's, um, I don't know. I think, I think for me when, um, and I think it, it kind of determined on the reason why I even had to, you know, moved from one sponsor to another was the idea of like having time. Um, and for, and, and that was, I mean, and you know, it's, it's ebb and flows just like life, right? With, um, when it comes to, you know, needing or like having, having somebody to rely, not rely on, it wasn't even in like a, because when I think of it, like it might have been like a little bit of coda, codependency at the first part, like for myself, just needing somebody mm -hmm. constantly, like in, in a way that would answer my texts or answer my calls or something. Um, I don't feel like me and you really experienced that as much, but I mean, there has been, you know, there's some weeks that I'm like calling, I would call you a lot more than I need to and you know early on anyways and now it's just like basic check-ins right mm -hmm. which is like and one thing that I, I i really appreciate about you besides just having such you know great insight and uh just being a lovely person in general um uh, is the fact that you do also like you know keep in touch i mean and that's something that like you know and we all have our we all you know have things going on in our lives that we can't always reply right away right mm -hmm. it's like and probably <laughs> say that I'm not always replying right away to like even his text messages but you know eventually do right and then like having that continuous contact with somebody um I think is so important um and, and so somebody that still makes the space to have you like working with you and stuff you know um yeah so I think I think definitely communication and like yeah just having having the ability or having having the space to you know be be there for somebody <clears throat> yeah somebody absolutely. else anyways well put and I don't know if you can hear it but uh there's the 7 p.m cheer going it's a 7 on 7 p.m cheer yeah oh, I don't know Vancouver if I don't know if anybody else does it in any other city but 7 p.m we we cheer for the 
the heroes, the yeah, healthcare the, um, workers and the frontline workers. workers, essential yeah. service folks. Make some noise, folks. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing um, it for me. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so true. There's so many different, like, I really like how you're both describing the interplay between sponsor and sponsee. And it's really interesting because once you start that kind of, um, it's really, for me, a collaboration, right? Yeah. That, like, between equals and, you know, because sometimes people perceive that, well, if somebody has more sobriety than another, they're somehow... I don't know, a head yeah, the or top, whatever. The top dog or whatever. Yeah. And it, no <laughs> such thing, right? It's more that we get to hear each other into being in ways mm -hmm. that you described um, and that we get to hear the thing that we need to at the moment, right? So yeah. if a sponsee is bringing something up uh, in a specific instance, like you, Tim, for example, you'll call and this is happening and I'm like, Oh yeah, I can totally relate to that because you know X Y Z in the past or even presently. Sometimes mm. you're called up, and it's something that I'm dealing with in a in another set of specific details, and then we get to kind of like pinch hit, uh, talk it through, right? It's, um, yeah, so I love that when it like happens. it's like probably like sponsorship, and it's such a great topic, I think. Um, I mean, um, even though like, I, I think our, our talk has been more, more about like gushing about each other, <laughs> about being amazing. Um, but I mean, I, yeah, I really want to just like stress on like how, how, yeah, like how, 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 how um, you know, how much it's, yeah, it's such an important part to this program, I think, because I mean, really, I, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to get this far without like having having that, and then of course having the ability to take others under mm -hmm. under so, that under that path, yeah, like passing it on and stuff too, and keeping it going, right? Um, and you don't have to have the answers. That's the myth yeah. of sponsorship. You feel like you have to have it all figured out, and it's no such thing. It's more that you're able to tap into your experience, strength, and hope, right? That's and so true, and I think that there's been times it? where I've like had to like, and, and like I've I've I think I've told you before too, Kai, is like um, where I um, will be like, oh my god, I said this, this, and this. I'm like, I totally sound like Kai right now, <laughs> like you know, like because you know, like because you know, there's there's an imprint of like uh, of of this relationship, like you know, and and you know, or what we say or something, and I I, I know Blake's tube, and like he's like, yeah, you know, like you brought up a good point, you know, and blah blah blah, you know, and then like it will just be like kind of like we're like mirroring or like mimicking or like you know just rehearing like things again, and then just put it in a different way, and you're like, oh, that totally makes sense, right? Um, yeah, and like sponsorships always, uh, like I feel it's just such a cool relationship to have that like I don't think a lot of people get to experience. I think it's yeah, and I think it's you know um, like I'm not sure. Um, I mean, we did kind of touch on the the experience or the um, kind of the comforts of like finding you know a good sponsor, which I think it's important, especially for our community, right? Like a, 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 especially queer folk too, right? It can be a little a little daunting or a little um, challenging to find somebody that we can share that, you know, our, our stuff with, right? Um, but I, I mean, I guess we've, we've all found it. <laughs> Not to, but I mean, you know, it could also be somewhat of a challenge for some folks too. But well, I, think, like, I think in the end. Blake, you've said it's sometimes a bit of trial and error too, right? You, yeah. I mean, I, I did get a lot out of, uh, especially one in particular, 
Um, we're still like, I would still consider him a mentor. I still talk to him a lot and that, but literally like he, he, you know, he's an older white man and, uh, and pretty much the same age as what my father would be if he was still alive. So it's, it's, um, you, you know, it, it's, it's to a certain extent, but now, you know, especially after the experience I've had with Tim, I don't really think I would go over any of the sexual issues you know like i think i would i would feel much more comfortable bringing that to tim than Mm -hmm. you know um you know if i wanted if i was struggling with some stuff at work or or maybe um you know with with my finances or things like that i i might you know talk talk to him around it but but uh but my you know and and he was so sweet and kind when i was he he was one of the uh, only straight male sponsors that I had. That their their answer to it is like, you know, I, I can't really relate to what you're saying, you know, mm-hmm. this. But um, you know, I I hear you. So that was really kind to to hear. But there was no there was no identifying with or relating to what I was. So I still felt sort of alone in that. Where where it wasn't until I had queer sponsorship that there was that connection, not only with the alcoholism and the addiction, but the connection around the, the sexuality as well. So. Hey, Blake, I'm curious too, cause I've, you know, had uh, cis straight sponsorship. And what I found really interesting is, you know, there's sometimes the, the, I need the help from the sponsor piece, but then there's also a piece where the, I, there's kind of a two way street of the, I'm helping them with understand understanding queer, trans, and other types of experiences that might be outside of their realm of ever really engaging with someone because they're not part of the community or they don't have a connection to the community or, you know, whatnot. And so these are often touch points of deep understanding if they're able to walk side by side where they become stronger allies to the queer and trans community. That's so true too. Yeah. Like I can feel like, I feel that with, like I have a, a, a good friend of mine that um, like we grew up in our recovery together because we went through the program and like, I think like, you know, he's learned a lot from, you know, just being, and, and kind of like, you know, and like, we'll ask questions about like, you know, like the whole especially to do with any anything like you know learning what the lgbt means you know and stuff yeah, and like basics and like you know the basics but then also like you know and then kind of reaffirming a lot of his you know what what he you know and changing of language too you know like he was probably one of the most difficult per- person like i found like i was like you know when i when i had to come out to him as non-binary i was like so <laughs> you know because i'm like i don't want this to change any of our you know and like you know and he's he and like you know of course right and like he got to learn a lot from me and like you know i learned a lot from him from just just being um friends and then like you know him him growing as an ally too right to the community which is like super can be you know like you know super beneficial for us right i mean obviously right (laughs) totally yeah so cool do you have any experience of that like yeah it's i mean i i feel super blessed that we're we're on the west coast you know it's a lot more impressive than than where I grew up, but mm-hmm. that being said, and and there's a certain amount of like, um, the 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 really responsible members in in AA in recovery, generally just are better humans, 
you know, mm. like better people. And, yeah. but I totally agree with you, Kai, that, that they, they walking with me, they, they've been able to change their language and look at things. But, but, you know, before I ever came along, this man was a kind, gentle, beautiful soul, you know, which is probably why we were able to connect so well. But I mm. do believe like we're still in contact. So, and, and he knows very intimate details about my life. So I, I do totally agree with you that that has probably allowed him to become a better ally as well. And even just what, I mean, you know, t today's day and age in, um, in the rooms, like there's a lot of changes going on and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of um, support and, and questions and, um, you, you know, people inquiring how to better be allies for, you know, the LGBTQ community, you know? Um, you know, how to, how to better, um, you know, use language around gender neutrality and, and how mm. people want to identify, like, I, f I just feel like a lot more people are asking questions rather than just being like, oh, that's difficult to navigate. They're, they're more along the lines of how can we better navigate this? Yeah. Which is cool. Stepping up to the plate, they're being willing, humble. Um, they don't. They don't necessarily know. They they acknowledge they don't know everything. They don't know even. You know that's so key um, and important to shifting things uh, to improve them for everyone. Really. Yeah. No. And slowly, right? <laughs> but I mean, at least in that kind of incline, rather than you know, and I long arc of history. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, I'm trying to put my like screen. Uh, Tim's doing uh, cartwheels here with their video camera. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, I know. I'm trying to like because I was holding it one way for the longest time, and I'm like, okay, I want to like free my hands now. <laughs> right, right. To do what? Some voguing or <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything uh, else on sponsorship? I'm trying I to don't, think. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, this has been such a great little talk, too. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I think also, uh, I think also just wanting to look at it. But what about you, Blake? Anything else that you feel like adding? Oh, it's, it's, it's um, I think Kai's touched along it. It's, it's that it is a two-way street. It's, it's two people working, working with each other that just, um, has some sort of special magic to it. You know, like I've seen a lot of professionals in my lifetime that tried to explain what was going on with me. And, and for whatever reason, you know, when I was able to work closely that, that um, with another person in recovery around this stuff, I feel like that's where most of the growth happened. And, I, and I'm sure it's a two-way street. Um, I actually haven't... Uh, sponsored anybody you know obviously in the in these seven months but even in the uh in the nine years that i was kind of in and out of recovery um i just never like i would work with somebody but never they just didn't stick around long enough you know so i haven't yeah. had the successes of long-term sponsorship of someone yet but i'm looking <laughs> forward to starting to do that well i think those are important lessons for yeah. people who are sponsoring because sometimes, well, at least in my early days of sponsorship, I had a savior mentality and complex, speaking of CODA. <laughs> and I, I thought for sure I was gonna like say the secret words 
that, you know, would pour over them and they would, you know, come to the light. Oh, and I think it was really important for people to go on their own journey for me to realize, oh, wait a second, I am a important contributor, but a mer, you know, side act here um, mm -hmm. to somebody's main stage and they run the show and to have people show up for their own sobriety. Um, like that, I'm not doing two sobrieties or multiple sobrieties, right? That's, I mean, I feel like, you know, I used to be someone who would want to do sobriety for people or relationships right. for people or whatnot. And it's super important to provide a space uh, for folks to step into their own, to find yeah. themselves, to be themselves, to, um, and really just to ask questions to point to where they are, which is inside of themselves with their higher power, right? Oh, completely. Uh, yeah, no, and I know, and I think, yeah, that's another important part to add to it is like the idea that like, we're not here to like fix everyone, you know, like, or like, you know, because I mean, this is like a, what do they say, a me program, not a we program? Mm -hmm. Is that one of the things yep. where like, obviously it's kind of like, you know, um, and <laughs> probably an analogy that's been used a lot is like, you know, the, you know, when you're, in a, if, if your plane is going down, you want to put the air mask on yourself first before <laughs> giving it to the other person, you know, giving it to somebody. <laughs> I don't know if that analogy really works in this, but in a sense, right? You want to make sure that your, your cup's full before, you know, before, you know, helping others instead of like trying to, you know, rescue everyone and put them all in your, you know, try to, yeah, you got to take care of yourself first. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if that worked. <laughs> Oh, totally. Sorry. It's been a weird day. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of the self-love and then that pours into the other being able to love and be yeah. there for others. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, well, I'm going to wrap things up here. I was uh, just going to say, like, I know that Kai needs a, Kai has another meeting after this. So I, I want to sure that you have enough time there. Um, I want to say thank you, Blake, so much for coming on. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll, yeah, thank you so much. It's 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 always so nice to hear from you. And um, Kai, thank you for, you know, taking taking the taking the lead today. And That's right. uh, yeah, I'll let you finish it off. Oh, well, thank you. Just <laughs> <laughs> used to so in the flow. Of... Yeah. Yeah, it really That's is. because they've been doing it the last few times. And I'm like, no, 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 you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, thank you again. And thank you all for listening. And if you have any other uh, topic ideas, feel free to email us at queerdrunksquad at gmail.com. And again, we really enjoyed having uh, you, you, Blake, here and look forward to many, many more podcasts to come. Anyways, keep it queer and we'll talk to you later. Bye for now. Bye.